Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I am thrilled to be joined by educator and author Henry Rice to talk about teaching nonviolent strategies to our children. Welcome, Henry. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for the invite. What an honor. I'm excited about being able to share just a little bit of what I've uh, garnished over the years. So um, uh, let's go for it. You have so much wisdom to share, and I'm really excited for the opportunity for our listeners to get to learn from you and me to get to learn from you more as well. But before we get started, I want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your background. Henry has worked in education for 30 years and currently serves as the music teacher for Putnam Heights Academy. Years ago, when he was working with students in in-school suspension in Texas, he began a process of first listening to students' experiences and feelings, and then teaching his students strategies of nonviolence, peace, and kindness. Those lessons made a big difference, not only in students' lives, but in their schoolwork as well. And Henry has been teaching these strategies ever since, in the classroom, through the YMCA, to churches and local organizations, impacting thousands of students throughout the years. He recently compiled those lessons into a new book called Hey Teens Workbook, Teaching Everyone Everywhere Nonviolent Strategies. He and his wife, Norma, are the proud parents of four children, all now successful adults, especially in light of what seems to be mounting school and community violence. Henry is going to teach us and walk through some of his strategies today to help us know how we as parents can raise kids to make a positive, peaceful impact on our world. So Henry, let's start. Tell us about your overarching philosophy and what you discovered within the letters of the word violence that has directed your strategies. Yeah, um, I think the bottom line, Aaron, would be that we can't control violence from other people. That's just not going to happen. Violence is just as old as Cain and Abel, if you will. Um, but the whole ideology behind this work is that we can stop ourselves. We have to, to see what we can do to keep ourselves from harming others or saying things that will harm others. So um, with that in mind, uh, about 25 years ago or nearly 30 years ago, I was talking to a group of kids in Corpus Christi, Texas at uh, middle school, Tom Brown Middle School. And they were in a detention center. And uh, we began to see Paducah, Kentucky, other places where violence began to happen. School shootings were happening. And so in the detention center, I held, I held the word violence up on a notebook paper. And I said, students, what's the solution? And they looked at the word and I looked at the word. They didn't have an answer, neither did I. And as we gazed at the word a little bit longer, I said, look, students, you can't spell the word violence without spelling the word love. L-O-V-E, look, it's in the word. And uh, at that point, we were excited about that. And I began to share with the kids. So if love is in violence, what are some things we can do? What are some loving acts we can do? We just talked about that and talked about how they could, uh, uh, if a teacher drops a book on the floor, just pick it up. Just simple things we began to talk about with a captive audience as they were in detention, so they had nowhere to go but to, to discuss these um, uh, new insights. And so uh, I got home and I, I shared with Norma, my wife, and I said, look what we did at school. 
we saw that the word love was within the word violence. And as I was talking to her, the remaining letters jumped out at me and I said, whoa, look, Norma, it says nice. The balance of the word, word violence, uh, the, word, the, the balance of the word spelled the word nice. So love nice was within the word. So basically my overall philosophy behind this is in the atmosphere of love and nice, violence fades from your sight. And we began to put that on posters. We began to put that uh, in, in different, uh, 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 talking about it in different ways. And that became our type, type of theme for, for, for the book. Um, so it was just so interesting that we were able to see how uh, the answer all these years, uh, if you will, uh, the answer to violence is within the word itself, love people, treat people nice. And that's, that's kind of the philosophy behind it. That gives me chills every time I get to hear you talk about it. Um, it's just, it seems so simple, but yet it is incredibly powerful. And so you've taken this philosophy um, in your book and you teach 12 different strategies that teens can apply to their lives. So I wanna to touch on a couple of these today. Sure. And the first one, again, seems simple, but I think it can be really easy for us to overlook. You start by talking about three different kinds of violence. We all likely probably think first of physical violence, but you also want to ensure that teens understand what emotional and verbal violence can look like. So Henry, how do we as parents help our kids understand these different types of violence, what they can do if they encounter them out in the world, or what we need to do as parents if our kids are the ones perpetuating it? Well, you know, um, they have to understand, first of all, a lot of times we put violence in the connotation, as you said, of, of, of physical. But uh, if uh, your child or if a student uh, does a harm to themselves, you know, that's physical violence. If your child does something like bang their, bang their head against the wall, that's physical violence. If they pinch someone else or if someone does something, a bully hits a kid on, all that's physical violence. But what if somebody don't say a word at all, but it's the way they look at you? you know, or it's the way they ignore you, or, you know, it's things like that, it, jealousy, uh, envy, words like that are forms of violence that we don't normally think about. So if we start teaching our kids, you know, the understanding of jealousy, envy, hatred, prejudice, all these are forms of violence that you're not even touching anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, I believe it was in uh, um, Columbine where the boys were were, were um, uh, of some sort, they and, and were, were ridiculed or, or things happened against them and they retaliated uh, against the, um, uh, the school. Uh, if they were taught at home how to handle that, if they were taught at home how to deal with uh, their expression of violence other than uh, um, firearms, et cetera, uh, maybe it would have been a different outcome. So um, uh, yeah, you did say verbal, physical and emotional. So I think if we start thinking that even our mouths can harm other people, if we start dealing with our children and saying, hey, watch what you say, what you're saying could be as harmful as hitting someone. You know, people say words don't hurt, but in a real sense, you could say something that can make, violence is any form, uh, any force 
that cause harm to another person. So that force could be a, a, a physical force, an emotional force, or it could be a verbal force, yelling at someone, starting rumors, you know? Someone can start rumors about someone that's not, that's not true. And I see this happens a lot on the school campus and someone will go off and say, that's not true. And, and they're hurt and they're wounded. That is a, a form of violence. So I think if we can break down to our children and then it can spill over to the classroom, to the school, the different forms of violence. Now there's even cyberbullying. There's even violence in the uh, internet. Uh, the, the, those type of areas. If we start, if we begin to explain all the different forms of violence, that that might give a student might say, or your child might say, wait, wait, I didn't think I was a violent person, uh, but after hearing that, I need to work on that because, you know, I I do uh, uh, implement uh, emotional violence. You know, this person walks into the room and I looked at the, look at them a certain way. I'm not knowing that that brings harm to them, but it does. And, it, you know, so um, that's the idea behind, and, and that whole first chapter is understanding violence. So that's uh, um, how we break that down, Erin. I think it's so, it was so eye-opening to me to begin your book with that broader understanding for me as a mom of what violence can look like and to help my kids start to really understand how actions that they might not see as violent, but how those, you know, have a ripple effect yeah. and that their awareness and my awareness can make a huge difference in just kind of understanding what our actions mean to other people. So I, I love that it was so, pivotal for me as I started out your book and, and so helpful. Um, so I wanna to talk to you about the three ABCs of love. Tell us more about what these are and how does this principle help teens to have a nonviolent mindset themselves and maybe even help reduce violence in the community as a whole? Well, when you start thinking about um, the word love, if you think about the ancient Greeks, they had like several different words for the word love. You know, they had a word for family. They had a word for friendship. They had a word for lust or desires or for ice cream. Or they had a word for even in a marital relationship, eros, which was just specifically. Just think, in, in the Greek world, the only context for erotica or eros was in a marriage. It, so, you know, it brings a whole different understanding of teenage relationship and teenage love and et cetera, uh, although it's real, but the erotic part of it, 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 it's, it takes it to a different level. Um, but there was yet another word. Uh, they had a word that was outside of all those other words. It was the word agape. And that word was unconditional. And that is the premise behind the ABCs of real love that's in, in, in the book. And uh, uh, the three, a the ABCs of real love is just, it, it sounds simple, as you said earlier, all of these principles, any principle, if it's not applied, it's gonna fail. So if these principles are enacted, and this one I do even in my marriage, this one I do with my children, this one I do with my students, and the first one is avoid harmful words, that's A. Just don't say it. <laughs> if you can get yourself to the point to where you just don't say it, you're driving on the highway, someone crosses you, you know, they cross you or, or, or they uh, 
uh, uh, try to sideswipe you or try to speed in front of you or blow the horn at you, just don't say it. Don't, don't roll down the window and just keep it to yourself. Someone is in a, a shopping center and someone cuts in front of you, step back, keep it to yourself. And I know it says, wait a minute, in this society, especially in this uh, um, volatile society, the idea is you, 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 you got me, I'm gonna get you. That retaliation, revenge. If you can just think, I, I, I'm reminded of a student who lost his life a few years ago because they waited at a McDonald's for a guy who honked the horn at him as they were waiting behind him. So they waited for him and chased him. And as they chased him, they hit a bank and that kid died that night. Had he just left it alone, you know, and not yelled out of the window, expletives of this guy saying what we're going to do to you, just avoid harmful words. The second one is be not offensive. Even in your house, if you tell your kids, hey, that offends mom, so, you know, don't do that. Or the kids say, think, oh, you know what, that loud music while mom is trying to sleep offends her, don't do it. Even in a classroom setting, it offends my teacher if I'm on my phone while, while she's trying to instruct, don't do it. Whatever, in a marriage, if it's leaving the top off the toothpaste, you know, leaving the toilet seat up or, you know, whatever's offensive to someone, just don't do it. Be not offensive, that's the B. And then the C is a very difficult one. And if we have to work on it is choose to forget. Oh, if we began to show our children at home if you have more than one child in their relationships to let things go that are menial. In my classroom, I, I use it in the sense of, uh, I overlook small annoyances. You know, if, if, if someone is, fingers are going across the desk like that and, and I'm teaching and it's not really a rage thing for me, I'm not gonna go, it's not gonna send me to rage. It's a small annoyance. And, if, and I just, you know, if I can get through it, some people can't, and, but, but if it's a small annoyance, you know, let it go. You know what I, you know what I mean? Choose to forgive. And, and that's the C, choose to forgive. Avoid harmful words, be not offensive, choose to forgive. And these uh, principles in, these, in each chapter is designed for discussion. There's a short script in each chapter, but that's just there to guide you as a teacher or a parent. The, the whole point is that you would sit down with your child or your student, and you say, you know, what are some ways you can avoid saying something ugly to you? We don't talk about that because we're so inundated with other stuff. We don't talk, we don't just talk about principles of how can you avoid a harmful word? You know, what are some ways can you not offend? Did you know that this offends your brother? Did you know that this offends this person, you know? And uh, they took my uh, best sweater and they wore it. Choose to forgive me. Just let it go. That's something that in light of what's going on in society and the world, that's the better choice. So that's the idea behind um, the ABCs of real love. What I love so much about that is it really forces us to have the mentality of putting others first instead of ourselves. And Henry, the hard thing as I'm listening to you talk, the hard thing is we wanna teach that or any of these principles to our kids, we have to model it for them as parents. And this, these are, it's not easy, right? I mean, th these can be hard things for us as adults to put into practice in our lives, but 
can be so compelling if we're kind of on this journey with our kids trying to do it together. And that's why I have this in a form of a workbook because there's a section in here for the instructor or parent, but then the second section are just blanks. And I found it, well, whether working at the Urban League or YMCA or in churches or schools that, that students, when they're waiting to write something down, they're more engaged. If you have blanks there and you're gonna tell them something or write this down and the blank is there, I found out that what's the next one? They're waiting for the next one. And so with your child at home, you have all these blanks and you, and you, can, you can talk about that first one, avoid home for words. Even before you write in, be not offensive and choose to forgive, you can stay on avoid home for words. Hey, we're gonna talk about this for a week, you know? And then you as a parent or a teacher can find YouTube videos that deal with avoid. You can, you can stretch this thing out so much. It just takes taking the time out to teach it. I love the section two in your book about teaching kids self-respect, um, which I feel like is so needed in our world today. I know kids right now struggle with self-esteem, with self-confidence, and it seems to be um, more problematic than ever before. So I love that you have included this. How do we help our kids reflect on and think about their level of self-respect for, as you put in your book, for their minds, bodies, and hearts? Um, when you start thinking about, there was a, a commercial that I used to hear growing up that, that uh, for the uh, Negro College Fund that says, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. You know, when you start thinking about uh, what we put into our mind and what we, you know, you have to think what are um, teenagers absorbing today, you know? First of all, you have to understand the word respect, you know? Respect, the prefix there is re, if, if I could teach this for a second. The second, uh, the base word is spect, where we get the word spectacles or glasses or to see. And so it's almost like to consider or to, to turn to see, if you will. Or if you, if you call your son or your daughter and you say, Johnny, and they say, yes, ma'am, that's respect because they turn to consider that you were there. And you have to consider your body. You have to consider your mind. When you stop to think, what am I putting in my mind? I did a music analysis um, uh, deal in my class with sixth graders. And I asked them a question about a song that they listen to, I told them, write down, how does this song affect you? Affect you? You know what the sixth reader, sixth reader wrote down? He wrote, I cuss. <laughs> and I said, whoa, and I looked at that, I said, okay. So he was being honest, but it's like garbage in, garbage out. What are you feeding? What, it, what are you, and, as a, and a lot of that, it, when they're in preteen age, preteen age, that's parental. A lot of parents don't want to assume that role, but you have to be a parent to where if your child is a preteen and most of the things they put into their mind is expletives or uh, things that have to do with uh, adult issues, adult things, you know, um, that's what they're going to begin to display. And so uh, uh, you have to respect your mind. Um, the other one is respecting the heart. And that one is kind of, uh, that has to do with relationships, if you will. You, you know, if you watch parents, once again, you, you know, I, my mom used to say that, and a lot of parents used to say that back in the day, 
I don't think you should be hanging around with this particular person. <laughs> you know, a parent may say, uh, uh, that person, since you've been with that person, I've seen a difference in you. You know, I've seen students come into the, to the school in uh, August and I've seen a change in them by the end of the year only because of who they surround themselves with. So they, they, they began to cut, they couldn't get off the bus without looking for this person that somehow grabbed their heart. And even in preaching and teenage years, that could be a boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, their heart is so, be careful who you release that to. And, and, and uh, Norman and I said that a lot to our kids, to our daughters growing up. I know our daughters could not date until they were 18. They, they were like, they didn't like that. I had a daughter who was 17 and was a senior. And she told my mom, my wife, she said, now? My wife said, nope, you're not 18, you're a senior. But anyway, so you have to kind of, uh, but, but when they began to see uh, maybe perhaps what some of their other friends or girlfriends were going through in terms of relationships and maybe even parenting in uh, the uh, uh, high school years, they saw, wow, I'm glad we were shielded from that in those days. So, um, you have to respect your heart, who you give your heart to, you know, and then uh, of course the body, you know, that is so key. You know, that's, that's even with us with adult, adult, uh, uh, as grownups, you know, uh, what we eat, you know, <laughs> what we consume and, um, but not just that, um, um, how we let people into our space. Now the book can be used. Somebody asked me the other day, can this book be used for elementary? I said, yes, it can. But if you as the instructor would have to kind of um, uh, meander around the parts that deals with relationships, because I mentioned the word sex a lot in there, because in preaching age, uh, that becomes a real, uh, 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 you know, uh, issue. And so um, uh, that respecting the body uh, kind of deals with that. You know, I notice uh, young men who will get a girlfriend and they'll, Grab them, grab them around the neck, and they'll walk down the hallway, you know. And it's almost like it's a she's an object rather than a, a person to be respected. But the female doesn't feel that; she feels affection. As you know, Aaron, uh, one of the key things that females desire is affection. And it's almost like when that's missing, if their dad's not there, if no one's there to model that, if their mom's not modeling it. If someone comes along and grabs you into their space, they think, whoa. But on the flip side of that, the guy is, has gone into that girl's physical space, which means not only is he caressing you or hugging you, but at the same time, he could hit you or he could slap you or he could, he could uh, you know, so you got to protect your body in, in that sense. So uh, the key thing on that chapter, Aaron, is respect. Once you understand respect, then put it into the connotation of your body. Respect your mind, respect your heart, respect your body. And uh, that's, those are my thoughts. And as you can see, if you were teaching this, you would put your own uh, thoughts in, and research into that. Like I said, this is a discussion book. So uh, on that chapter, so, you know, uh, somebody could stay there for a month, you know, uh, just trying to explain to students or their child how you need to respect your thought processes and your, your body and, uh, and your heart. So we have the duality here of 
helping our kids think about how they treat other people, how they react to other people, and then how they treat themselves too. And those are both such key parts in creating calmer, more peaceful, more non-violent world around them. Um, So let's talk about developing peace. This one really jumped out to me because we could all use more uh, peace in our homes, in the world. So how can families make use of your methods to cultivate peace starting in our own homes? Let me give you an acronym that would help. You know, um, and it's in the book. Uh, I, there's so many different thoughts, and I can go from theological, religious standpoint, philosophical standpoint. But, but to be just practical, watch who you hang around with. That's a, that can be a reoccurring theme in this deal. Positive, peaceful friends. If you can find positive, peaceful friends, you know that that. And I know that's so hard on the, for teenagers to do. Because peer pressure is very powerful. But you said it a moment ago, sometimes modeling that, you know, if parents are, are surrounding themselves with positive, peaceful friends, then positive, peaceful friends of parents may have positive, peaceful children who will become friends to your children. And that can be a wave, uh, a cycle going there. So that's the P is to just chill, try to find people around you that are not so uh, volatile or chaotic, you know, that, that, that in my, in my mind, you know, hanging around positive people is so key. The, uh, the next one is early planning. And for teenagers, I tell them, uh, get a journal, get a notebook, uh, write poetry, do something to get your thoughts written down, or know when your exams are, you know, in your journal, know when your uh, uh, tests are, know when when certain things are supposed to happen, you know, write them down. We, we, since we've gotten these things, and even though there's a notebook in there, we, we don't write anymore, you know? And um, I, I think early planning, thinking about, you know, uh, is there a saying that says those who uh, don't plan, plan to fail? Am I saying that right? <laughs> I mean, I'll be saying the quote right, but, but you got my point. Um, 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 planning is so key to having peace. And you may know that as a mom, because you're saying, oh, I have to do meal prep, or I have to make sure lunches are together. I have to make sure uh, things are in doctor's appointments. So planning kind of slows you down and, and gives you um, a peace. Uh, the A is for ask questions. And if I could say anything about students nowadays, they've gotten into a world of their social media, IGs and et cetera, to where they don't talk, they won't communicate, they won't say much. But if we can get our uh, kids, and I know my kids are like, uh, my kids, you, you know some of my kids, my kids are gonna ask questions. They're gonna, what, what, what was that? They're gonna wanna know, ask questions. That gives you a piece about something. You don't know something, ask questions to get the answer. Don't go around in basically not knowing what you wanna know, you know, that's kind of chaotic. So asking questions, asking questions is another way to develop peace, Aaron, and then a caring heart. And that's something at home we have to model once again and whatever faith you're in, all faiths to some degree 
have some type of um, a morality to where they want you to treat people okay. And uh, particularly and specifically, uh, if you're of the Christian faith, you're, you're just being kind to people, you know, caring for people, modeling it. You know what I mean? Um, so um, uh, a caring heart, you know, that would be the C. And then the last one for the E in the acronym for peace is to earn trust. Because you can be, you don't have to worry about looking behind your back. You don't have to worry about worrying who's going to come after you or is mom going to get me for this? Is dad going to earn trust, do things to where, so if, you, if your son say, mom, I'm going to Jackie's house and you say, sure, be back at, at 3 p.m. And they come back at 3 p.m. They've earned your trust. You know, it's those students that I know we talk to and we'll say, their parents will tell them, come back at, at 3 p.m. and they come back at 2 a.m. And then they're upset. You know, I was talking to a student this summer who was unable to use their phone at all. And the reason they were unable to use their phone because of the abuse of phone privileges, they had to earn trust. So um, that's, and however, that whatever that means to you or who, whoever is listening, earning trust is so key so key um um even in a, in a marriage you know whatever relationship they might be um um you have to earn trust so so someone don't have to check second guess you or question you know your motives i my type a heart loves a list and loves an acronym so i can tell you we're going to be talking about this at my dinner table this is a perfect time of year to really have these conversations as a family, as we're getting into the new school year with our kids and practicing those strategies at home and then kind of seeing how we can practice them at work, um, at school. Um, so I know I'm, I'm gonna be watching this back and going through your workbook so I can write those down for my family because I can just envision how helpful that will be. Um, when I said this, I'm sorry, when I said this 30 years ago, I, I would, I, I, the initial writings had home, homie, and hoods <laughs> to practice it at home with your homies and in the hood. And so those terminologies that kind of, uh, some of those terms are not used much anymore, but uh, you just said it, you know, those three areas is where uh, um, uh, we need to enact uh, these principles of uh, uh, nonviolence. Yeah, we have to start it at home. Um, your 12th and final strategy is about cultivating gratitude. So tell us more about how the effort and the practice of expressing gratitude works to help reduce violence. You know, uh, everybody likes praise. Everyone, everybody likes to be encouraged. Everybody likes to be stroked, if you will. Um, and then that's true. But what has happened, what I've seen over the years is that uh, uh, a lot of teenagers or preteens, if you will, um, they don't know how or they lack the skill or the knowledge of how to say thank you or to be grateful. And um, uh, that's why I have this as the last part of the book. And I actually have about 10, sec 10 areas in here where the student 
can write a thank you note to someone who has recently done something favorable to them and not only write it down, but call them or go to them and say, you know what, grandma, you bought me a puppy, you know, when I was five, but I never said thank you. I'm really grateful for what you did. You know, if that type of thinking would happen in schools and homes, we could change society because, you, you know, gratitude, um, even if um, um, a student you know, or students, and you, we see this in a, 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 a lot at the end of the year or teacher appreciation, kids bring stuff to teachers, but for the most part, if it's just randomly, you know, thank you for being my teacher. I'm so grateful that you're there. Uh, thank you for being my mom, you know? Thank you for being my dad. I never said that, but if I were to reach for toilet paper and it wasn't there, it's because, you know, you didn't put it there. I'm so grateful that I have that because you put it there. I'm sorry to use that. that That's perfect. But, but we don't think about it. We don't think that, right. um, uh, you know, it's, 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 they're just, and so we, I think if, even if we start with, with our children and we start at home, now, uh, we're not going to change violence. We're not going to change a lot of the way, ways things are, but we can change ourselves in the sense that if we start teaching our children uh, to say thank you, teaching our children to be grateful, teaching our children, just, just, over, just overwhelm them with that. Just overwhelm your home with gratitude so that, uh, and you mentioned Thanksgiving a moment ago, have Thanksgiving every day of the week every day of the week, what are you thankful for? What can you be thankful for? Or, or, or your coach did this, did you say thank you? You know, yeah, you did, or, or and not even those words I'm using, I'm using the word thank you, but there could be other ways you could show gratitude. So that's why that's the last uh, section in the book because the conclusion is it can come full circle if pe people, particularly students, uh, learn to, um, be grateful. That shifting of the mentality, even if it feels small, even if it's just in our homes, I love how you bring it all together that if we're all doing this, then there are ripple effects and raising kids who focus on love and kindness can and will make a huge difference in our world. And for me, as a mom who gets bogged down in all the negativity going on in our world and feeling like you know it's a hopeless time to raise kids that has brought me a lot of hope that it does the way i'm raising my kids does matter and that focusing that intentional time and energy on teaching them to be kind and to love others will make a difference in the long yes. run yes certainly um on a, a another difficult note, at the very beginning of your book, there's the long sobering list detailing a history of teenage acts of violence. So how do we talk to our kids about school shootings, about other acts of violence in a way that is honest and informative, but also helps them, gives them some of that hope, helps them see how they can be part of the solution? I think, um, first of all, we have to get our students and our kids to understand it is not the gun 
that's harming a person. It's just an inanimate object. You know, you have to get them. And so that's why it goes back to um, um, getting them to understand how can they stop themselves from even thinking about doing something. Uh, uh, help training your, uh, your, your child. What's another way? What's a assertive way rather than, rather than an aggressive way of handling this? You know, um, this um, acronym is not in this book, but uh, it will perhaps be in another edition. And it's for anger. I see anger as a nice gift everyone receives. You see the A-N-G-E-R, I don't know if you see that. But, and it's a gift because it comes to you and it lets you know something's happening, but it's how you respond to it. So we begin to show our students and our kids yeah, you're angry or something something happened, but you don't have to pick up something to kill someone. You don't have to respond immediately by um, slapping someone or or finding a weapon or, or resorting to violence. You know, if that my student of mine would have thought and, and, and shared with his other student, his other friends in the car, you know, uh, we don't have to chase this guy. We don't have to resort to this. You know, uh, he blew his horn, but what's, what's so what? You know, if somebody in that car could, would have been thinking that way, he would still be alive. So I think um, uh, getting our kids to understand that it's not the weapon, it's, it's them. Uh, you know, they have to control themselves. You know, they have to learn to um, uh, think of uh, uh, alternative ways or coping skills, if you will, of how to not, you know, resort to uh, shooting someone. Um, in light of the fact that it is happening, and because it is, it seems that, you know, that that's been a wave. And as you can see in the book, from 1995, if you will, I think I cataloged all the way up to 2022, it seems to be like something that seems to keep popping, popping up. The best thing to do is to, um, um, I guess just have your child or, or or sit down and talk to them about don't respond by picking up something, even if it's a stick, you know, just don't respond by picking up something. Or even if it's your fist, don't respond by lashing out to harm someone physically. So um, um, it, it just has to start Aaron with, with, with from the cradle, you know, it has to start by just, you know, I, I remember taking my oldest daughter when she was in her room and, and, there, and there were things scattered all around. And I would say to her, and I don't even know if she could say the word responsibility, but I would say to her, it's your responsibility to put these things in this area. It, it takes, it, it's, it's parental. You know, some of our uh, teenagers who listen to um, uh, music that has a lot of expletives in it, it has a lot of curse words, it has a lot of vulgarity, it has a lot of uh, 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 references to sex, et cetera. Uh, if you look on this, the uh, CD, if their CD still sold, or if you look on the uh, uh, YouTube uh, uh, presentation, there's something that says parental advisory. So the producers are putting on there their safeguard. It's you as a parent that should say, wait, this says nobody under 17 should be listening to this. And what happens? Parents just overlook that. And so uh, uh, it takes, I guess, if you will, to prevent a lot of this. Remember what I said? 
that the student said, uh, well, how does that music affect him? He said, I cuss. Well, how does this music affect me? I want to pack some Glocks. I want to pack some guns. I want to walk around and and uh, 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 I, I want to be high when I do this. I want to I want to live this active this active gang life. I want to do I want to be like what I see modeled in videos or what I hear modeled in society. So if you as a parent can you as a parent can preclude that by bringing your child, sitting them down, and and such you know shameless plug with stuff like this and saying, uh, you know. Let me teach you so if you run into this, you don't have to respond this way. So um, I guess the best thing I can say with that, Aaron, is that it has to be teachable moments in the home. And, you know, and now the, the uh, 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 social, emotional, and learning things are all over the districts and schools now because of, of what's happening. Teaching it at schools, you know, and wherever churches can plug in, which they're, they're they're always doing that in those um, uh, venues, just optimizing, um, um, you know, how can you make society a more you know relaxed place? That's so powerful. Um, so, as a dad, you and your wife Norma have four kids, all successful adults who give back to others in their own ways. Um, as you know, I've got three little ones still at home. So I love to ask experienced parents like you, what is the key? How do you raise kids like yours who embody this philosophy of love and kindness? Model. And, and, and I'm talking about their mom. <laughs> you know, uh, um, I have an incredible wife who knows no enemy and has not a hateful bone in her body. And it's just, it, 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 there's a reason why the grandkids just bypass their parents now and they're connected to, to know me is what they call her. Uh, um, uh, I, think, I think having her as a mom and modeling it and having myself, we've been teaching these, like this is just, my son-in-law asked me a few, a few weeks ago when this book was published, he said, how long have you had this material? And I was like, you know, I've had this material since his wife, my daughter was uh, a baby and they grew up hearing this. The, these things are not just something I just threw in a book. These things were, they are actually just the whole concept of how the rices think. And I think a lot of that um, comes into play with them, as, uh, with them as adults now. You know, I, I watch my son in the area where he's wor he works uh, he's uh, just so respected and, and revered. I watch my daughters and, and you've seen my daughters. I think you've had one of my daughters in some of your publications. And I think it's just so great to see that and know that it's because we tried um, for the most part to have a great foundation of love and kindness in the home. Um, and, 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 and if, if your house doesn't have that now, that doesn't mean that that can't start. You have to be willing to just say, you know what? This isn't working. It didn't work for my mom. It didn't work for my dad. You know how many students I have who say, uh, my mom is locked up and my grandmother was locked up. So it becomes a pattern. And, 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 and so why not start a pattern of, um, of kind of like what Norma and I try to do. Our kids are by no means perfect. And if you met them, you'd, brought, you'd know uh, they're not perfect, 
but um, they do know how to um, love people and uh, treat people nice. And, and I think that that opens doors for them is, is in, their, in, in the way they um, um, uh, treat people. It's kind of like um, um, you reap what you sow, you know, it comes back, comes back to them. Uh, for a plug for Krista, there's uh, something happening this Saturday that's called uh, Sunny Days, and it's a mural fest in Edmond, and she is uh, the honored uh, MC for this event, and uh, just so great to see her soar in areas of uh, her giftings, and so, um, and not just her, you know, I have a daughter who's also uh, in education and impacting lives, and of course, you know, uh, Janae is also um, received her master's in psychology and is doing incredible things in, in her field. And, and my son, Austin, and uh, he, he, man, he, he, he worked at the YMCA for so many years as, as a youth counselor and leader and lifeguard and is impacting lives as well. I say all that to say, you know, I remember at home when they had chores, they didn't like, them. you know, I remember at home when it was like, you know, you have to do dishes, you have to do and you know what? I go to their house now. I'm the one that has, I have to take my shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> I go to their home now and I'm like, you know, you know, dad, did you watch that? Did you put that away? And my mind goes back to, boy, if you'd have done that 20 years ago. Anyway, but um, um, so, but they got it. And so it's the continual teaching you know, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's older, they will not depart. I believe that is, these are all principles, just like in the book. Apply those principles, whether you're religious or not. If you're, if you're teaching your child the right things to do, you know, those seeds are being sown. And they'll, they'll, they'll sprout uh, at some point. And uh, I thank God that Norma and I are able to see uh, some of the fruit of that today. You two have four incredible kids and, and your kids are also very lucky that they have two incredible parents. So it's, thank you. Uh, gives me again, a lot of hope as a mom that the hard work I'm putting in now, um, will pay off in the long run. And it's so encouraging to me when you say, you know, it's not like you and Norma are perfect parents. You don't have perfect kids. And so it's okay for the rest of us to not be perfect too. And even when we mess up as parents or we fail in some ways that we just have to keep going and, and do our best. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Henry, as we wrap up today, whether it's in your home, your work, or out in the community, what is giving you hope right now? I think the last thing we just talked about to know that I know four people who uh, uh, over the next 50 years or so or, or can make a difference in, 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 in the earth and that same philosophy uh, in the classroom. Um, I've been in the classroom around students since 88 which means some students now that I had are in their 40s. And it's just crazy to be um, uh, approached by grown adults now who tap you on the shoulder and say, you Mr. Rice? Well, yeah, thanks for the discipline. You know, and it's particularly when um, um, I'm thinking, boy, they wouldn't have, I wish they'd have said that 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, but the seeds are being sown. And so what gives me hope 
I guess now on this end, for parents and for teachers, keep sowing seeds. Keep that type of, keep teaching. Keep, just keep, continue. You, you, you won't see it now. But um, um, I've been part of uh, 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 schools and churches that were built from the ground up. And there are trees that are planted in front of those buildings. And when you go by 25 years later, you're like, whoa, that's what that was that little tree. It just takes time, you know? And, and here's a, it's to keep using the farming, the farming uh, analogy. When a farmer sows seeds and it goes into the ground, you know, a real possibility error in his crop failure. You know, we don't may not always get the fruit that we want. And unfortunately, you can't change every kid. And even within your home sometimes, you know, you, you see a parent that might have five kids and you raise exactly the same way. And this is so true in the family that I came from. And you wonder, we all were raised the same way. And you wonder why there's this certain thing that, that happened. I can't answer that, you know, but, the, but, but there again, back to what, what I've been saying this whole time, it's not about other people. In the atmosphere of love and nice, violence fades from your sight does not mean that, because somebody might say, oh, well, that was a great atmosphere of love and nice because the teacher was teaching and when someone came in with a gun to shoot the kids, there was an atmosphere. You're wrong, Mr. Rice. You're wrong because that was an atmosphere of love. And I don't mean that. I mean, in the atmosphere of that perpetrator within him, in his atmosphere, with, inside of him of love and nice, violence will fade. You have to stop yourself. And so it, it gives me hope to see that some of the seeds, you know, uh, we were teaching this at a school uh, at one season, and then to sit in the audience and hear some of the students say some of the same philosophies on their speeches when they graduated, that's what you wait for. You, those are, that's what gives me hope is that, is that you are reaching and I'm reaching and those teachers who have the same mindset have seen it are reaching individuals and just have to just um, uh, be patient. Don't give up. And that is the exact hope and encouragement all of us as parents needed. I know that's what I needed today. Thank you so much, Henry. Thanks for teaching us today. Thank you for the incredible, impactful work you have been doing for the past 30 years. When I think about the countless lives you have impacted, the countless students, not just your students, but then they go on to teach these philosophies to their friends, to their children someday. Your, your legacy through your students and through your kids is really incredible. So thank you, not just for today, but thank you for all the work you've been doing throughout the years. Thank you, Erin, for the recognition and, you know, just uh, just appreciate uh, um, uh, Metro uh, Magazine and yourself and just for taking time out to 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 listen to this fellow. <laughs> you have so much wisdom to share. So thank you for that. And for our listeners, Henry's book, Hey Teens Workbook, Teaching Everyone Everywhere, Nonviolent Strategies is available on Amazon or through the Love Nice Institute at lovenicehr.com, where you can also learn more about Henry and send him an inquiry if your youth organization is interested in having him come yeah. teach 
these principles. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.